AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fighting. It's the fighting clock. It's the fighting. It's the fighting clock. Come on, Hello and welcome to episode seventeen, season eleven of the Fighting Cop podcast. Today I'm joined on the line by Carl Donnelly. How are you doing, mate? I'm, mate. I'm good, man. How are you? I'm really, really good. I'm really good. I mean, I just, really, really good. What's well, really good? Because uh, Spurs have just smashed Wolves in a premier in a penalty. Absolutely shootout. smashed them to pieces, mate. But when it went to the penalties, did you think, oh god, or did you think like me, we've got this? Well, I couldn't watch the match. I was at um, I was at a wake, which is <laughs> probably the only thing. <laughs> Uh, slightly more depressing than watching Spurs this last couple of weeks. Yeah, but, um, so I just I didn't I didn't check I couldn't check the result till like basically when it was all done and dusted. So I actually just had the sort of pleasure of going. Oh, we, we ended up winning. How are we gonna uh, do this podcast if you haven't actually watched the game that we we're about to speak about? I followed and I followed. You know, I checked in on it. Sort of. I watched some. I watched some crazy highlights. Real. Some nutters knocked up of Ndombele just doing turns and twists. Well, I, I, um, let, let's start with Ndombele because um, yesterday he he scored a goal and yes. he was a major part of the stuff that was good about us going forward. 
but he was also at fault for both the goals. So he lost the ball. I can't remember what it was for the the first goal, but the second goal he lost the ball in midfield, and uh, you know he got harried and Wolves got the got the ball off him and and broke away and and we've been sort of crying out for Ndombele to be a part of 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 our starting lineup. We didn't think that he would be because of the way that Nuno. Spirito Santo talked about him in, in, yeah, yeah. in pre-seasons. Like we, we're not here to convince players to play for Tottenham. We're here to to prepare them to play for Spurs. And I love that sort of stuff. But yeah, fundamentally, yeah, yeah. you saw in the first few games that we we need him. <laughs> well, yeah, is that yeah, it's that thing. That thing we're crucially missing is a midfielder who isn't just defensively minded, in it. So. But he, um, you know, even like watching him on um, Sunday, you know, I mean, it is that thing. He's a frustrating player, isn't he? Because he's obviously a, he's got, he's got mad skills, lovely sort of center of gravity, and gets out. He'll get out of a situation that you know, I've not seen a player do since like Dembele. Yeah, and then, but then he'll just fucking just just at a random point just do something silly, well, isn't it? It's, it's that this that that's it. it, it the, the is that like the thing is is it. Is that a part of his game? I suppose what we don't know, because he's never really... Is he ever going to just get that out of his game? Or is it just a lack of fitness? Is it just a, his head's not 100% right? You know, like, we always have these conversations about him since he came. And it's one of them things where, like, you know, this is this season he better just, like, sort his head out and well, stop with all the, all the nonsense. Otherwise, well, I think that's it. We're going to have to just cut him loose and... Why well, this is it? It's like what? What do we do with him? Because he, he's clearly good enough. He's clearly, in terms of his ingenuity and his ability to influence a game and just do something that other players can't. He's got it. He's got. He's on, yeah, yeah. on that level with Modric and, uh, and Dembele. Yeah, he he has that ability. Um, and uh, at Spurs, we've had three players. You know, two two in Modric and Dembele who really did elevate Tottenham, and then we've got Ndombele who could elevate Tottenham but we don't know what to do with him now because he seems to go through these phases of wanting to play for Spurs and not want, I don't know what, what it is that's going on behind the pitch that, that, that means that he's he's being impacted and, or, or it's his ability or, or, or his opportunity to be playing football for Spurs has been affected by what he's been saying whatever it is I'm not sure but we have a player no. there that is is fantastic he's genuinely genuinely fantastic like, like we talk about uh, um, Dembele and Modric, and they were great at what they did, and it's difficult to replicate what they did. So they just found space, not through skill, but just ingenuity. Whereas Ndombele yeah, yeah. has an, a next level of he. It's like he plays football in a different mind space than other play, people do. It does, yeah. Even like, it's, yeah, he looks like it looks mad when you see him like just turn out of a impossible situation you're like that doesn't make sense like i don't know how you got out of that do you know what i mean yeah well what Mo- Mo- modric and dembele did the same thing but he does it in a way that makes it look impossible that's the, that that's the difference he just yeah but i suppose dembele always cuz dembele was such a sort of he was a big boy when he strong man, big yeah. old broad shoulders so actually like you sort of understood that he was muscling his way out of a lot of those situations and modric was a tiny little waif of a player like so you get them guy but and Dombele, yeah, he's, 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 he doesn't look like he should be able to do the things he does. Carl, do you, do you remember I don't know, I don't know if you had this uh, when you went to secondary school but there was the hardest kid in your school was the one that was most quietest you didn't expect yeah. it 
He didn't. He didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't act up, but he knew that you just don't fuck with that geezer. That was that was yeah. that was Dembele, wasn't it? It was it was it, it was just he was he doesn't like he's not showy, he's not flashy, yeah, and he yeah, just yeah. he knew if you started on him, he's going to beat you up. It, that <laughs> that that was Dembele with Ndombele. It wasn't just he's going to beat you up. You just look at him, you know. There's nothing I could do that will put that guy down. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I could put a two by four over his head, <laughs> and he's going to still kill me. No, he'll just that carry man. on eating his sandwich. It, that, that, that's 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 what he, that, that's what Dembele was about. Vendombele just feels like there's so much. It's so much more complex, and I just wonder how we get to the situation where. Well, do you reckon he's got actually like you know? It's, it's a, you don't want to just start speculating. You're gonna, it sounds like you're going to speculate. He, yeah, I'm going to hundred percent speculate. But like, is he just somebody who's just a bit? Hasn't got their brain for it. You know, I mean, he's a bit of a sad sap or some sort of like. Has he got some anxiety issues or something that? You know, we don't know about that. Some, you know, some players might have all the skill in the world, but they, you know, they just ain't got that. What if, of, if he might overthink stuff? He might not be some. Like the best players essentially are quite simple-minded. They're just total tunnel vision on football. Like you look at Harry Kane. Do you know what I mean? It's almost like he just only can think about football. Whereas I don't know. You get within Domblay, it might be that he's a bit of a complex character. He's a bit of a. You know, he might sit around ruminating on the world and his, his place in it, and yeah. and you know, and actually, he's just not he's not got that footballer's well, if you, sen- te- temperament. I think uh, we interviewed uh, Alistair Gold, who's uh, you know the uh, Spurs, yeah, yeah. Spurs journalist kind kind of guy, and um, he talked about, and I'm not sure, like you believe Alistair on whatever he whatever he says because yeah. you know he's 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 a job to to um, to report fact, and. Uh, you know, during the sort of very best spells that we've had under with Andombele, it was about him. Um, you know, at th- that point when he does have those moments of inspiration, that he then believes that that I have to be at another level above Spurs, and I, I don't, I don't hundred percent buy into it. But he, he, right, he yeah, apparently yeah. has these situations where where he's he, he he knows how good he is, and then when he has performed like he did with that sort of ridiculous looped volley that he thinks at that point, now I'm ready to go. Now I'm ready to move. I've done that. Yeah, so Barcelona I mean, If that's true, that's that's insane. Yeah. It's like playing football in a part of your mates and you just ping one in the top corner and then think, I'm off, lads. I'm going to go play for Man City. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Exactly. You can't, you could, yeah, you just... But, well, you know, you've got, you've got to do it week in, week out, so and what, then the clubs will come calling, innit? So what do we need from Ndombele from this point forward? Is is just a consistently him, him to be on the pitch, to be ready to be well, playing? I think so. I do actually think, you know, I think he needs a run of games. He's obviously not as unfit as we thought, you know. He actually did 90 minutes yesterday and like... Yeah, it, it did think, feel like they, they forced him to do 90 minutes. Isn't that the first time? <laughs> but isn't that the first time he's ever played 90 minutes? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised, but it did feel like <laughs> they were forcing him to do it. Because I, I was watching it, I was like, yeah, maybe take him off. And, and you don't know, as a, as, as a fan watching it, you think he looks fucked. But he looks fucked from the beginning. Like, it's an ongoing joke that he looks so tired yeah. when he wakes up in the morning, he, he's tired. Um <laughs> But he, it's just—it's basically a teenager, isn't it? He's like a fourteen-year-old boy. It does look like watching a fourteen-year-old boy who is, who has has been given his gift by God, but just doesn't want to, you know, eat his wheat a bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but I get it, you know. But I, I do think, you know, I almost think forcing him to do ninety minutes. Just, I mean, saying force, even saying it like that is insane. He's a professional footballer; <laughs> he should play ninety minutes. <laughs> of but course. I reckon giving him a run of games where he plays 90 minutes 
and he actually plays well and gets some plaudits. That's I think that's the oh, that's the best thing we can do at the minute because it might give him a little kick up the arse and he might actually enjoy not being a disappointment. Do you know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that's what he just needs a bit of love. He needs a bit of support. So hopefully, well, you it, know, we'll see how he goes. I, I, I presume he's going to start on Sunday. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, we, know, like, I can't imagine a reason he wouldn't. You know what I mean? Well, this is it. Is it? It's like if you if you've got a player, you might imagine. You remember what he did when we bought him? I think it was Leon. It might be Leo. I, I can't remember. Um, but he had that sort of breakout game against Manchester City over two legs, mm. and he was he was fantastic. And you give him the stage, and you give him the exposure, he will influence a game significantly. And there, yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there's no greater chance for him right now because he's coming off a preseason that was, that was non-existent. He'd fallen out with a manager almost instantly, and now he's played a couple of games. He played 90 minutes uh, last night against Wolves, and now he's going into the Arsenal game. And that is a platform for him. Yeah, he, yeah. If he has a great game against Arsenal, we win or draw, and he just has a great game. That would do wonders for. Oh man, it'd be um, yeah for him and for the fans who want him to be better. You know what I mean? That's all you want. That's all I think you we want all to see, see how him. good he is, though. That's that's it. We we yeah, yeah, yeah. we all see how good he can be and how 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 much of a player he could be. He could be like talked about in the same vein as as Dembele or Modric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, it, it may be, if you believe what Alistair Gold was saying, that he already thinks he's above them. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and he yeah. Hasn't done that, enough is to a, that is it, a worry. Yeah. <laughs> you can't, yeah. Come on, mate. You can't just, you don't prove it in the French league. <laughs> I, well, didn't um, I prove it to you by then, signing with you? I proved it to you then, surely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the fact that no one else has sniffed around him, you know what I mean? He should, know, he should have the self-awareness to know that at the minute he ain't, he ain't ever. He, he needs to pull his socks up before he's ever mentioned in those sort of realms and names. No, I mean, the only. But I do think one thing I will say actually, though, I do think it's Nuno strikes me as a manager who will, you know, even like basically, if you've got a temperamental player who might get a bit sort of shitty and maybe act like he doesn't want to be at the club, you know, if you, if you, with a manager like Mourinho, that man, he'll just cut him off, innit? He's just he's just like. Mourinho doesn't want a player who's got an ego because he's got an ego. Whereas Nuno does seem a little bit more level-headed, like he's happy to sort of, you know, bring him back into the fold and actually try and work with him rather than just be like, nah, he's dead to me, man. You, um, so like, when, I, when I asked whether or not you wanted to come on the podcast today, you said that you did because you wanted to defend Nuno. Uh, I don't think, I don't think, defending is even... Well, he needs like, to There's a lot of people out there. There's a lot of people out there. It's too early. There are... Anyone who's out here now calling for like, that's saying it's it's a failed experiment already is, a, is an idiot. Because it's too early to tell, man. It's, hey, you've got to give him at least half a season before you know what we're about under him. Do you know what I mean? I think you can't tell. We, we've not, you know, we've not had a, we've not settled on a starting, we haven't had a chance to settle on a starting 11 because of injuries and that, but... You know, I think at the minute it's still totally a lottery as to how we're going to play, essentially, I think. And uh, I think give him a bit of time. And yeah, come back in six months and I might be saying he's dog shit and we need to get rid of him. But six months but might, just... might be enough time to say that, but not now. Yeah, I think now. Anyway, you know, it's that classic thing of the doom mongers, isn't it, man? Some Spurs fans just, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know what's happening in their lives that they are so miserable, man. Like, you know, we all get sad when we lose. That's, you, that's what you're meant to do if you're a fan. Yeah. But just the rest of the time, just chill out and wait till the next match. Do you know what I mean? You don't need to be on Twitter every day just 
sort of moaning about you know, every well, you know, you decision. Know, like back back in the day before Twitter, um, if you were in a, a relationship which which was sort of toxic masculinity, and yeah. you, you'd be at home and your dad had gone to the football, and you didn't know the result, but you only knew the result when you saw him walking down the street and boot the front door and you knew that yeah. everyone was in trouble everyone was in trouble in that house because also you knew that it was temporary it's, it's like you're angry about the result yeah you're upset have a couple of hours of being a fucking wanker and then you get on your, you get on with your life to the next match that's what being a football fan used to be in it i think now the problem with social media is people you, you like you, you're almost having to constantly talk about being a spurs fan and talking about spurs like on Twitter every day. Obviously, you're going to then slightly navigate towards the 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 negatives because if there's more of them currently than there are positives, that's what you're going to do. Whereas mm. I think in the old, it's much better in the old days. You just you just watch the match and you'd be annoyed if you lost or sad. Yeah, I'd, you'd be I'd happy say... if you won and you'd celebrate if you won. You have a big night. You'd have some beers after and moan about it. But then you wouldn't spend the rest of the week talking about it. You know what I mean? I, do, I, I, I get... know the irony of saying that on a Tottenham podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, you know, this is a sort of a, almost a post-match analysis thing where, but I, I actually, I think the problem is people just need to just step away from constantly sharing your opinions online. No, 100%. About, 100%, 100%. about your team. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is that there were, there were many dead dads out there who didn't have Twitter to, to expel the poison in them that had been implanted based on what they watched in in you know in the 90 minutes from 3 p.m onwards um but what i would say carl is that in the old days as you was glorifying that there was many mums being punched because yeah, of football i'm not, I'm not glorifying but you, that you can't just you can't just say everything was great back in the day when all the bad <laughs> stuff was happening as well was not but that's not i'm not saying you know you, you can't do that about any period what i'm saying is the actual the the um the, 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 you didn't carry the game as long as I think we do now. <laughs> like you had a ninety minutes ended, and there was a period of reflection afterwards. Yeah, which we, um, which was and which most people, even if you lost, would just be miserable. Obviously, some dickheads, if they ended, if they were violent characters, were going to do something silly, and then then people should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I do think even even then people would have would have uh, not carried the result over as much as we do now because we overanalyze it for a whole week rather than just one evening. Okay, fair enough. I, mean, I think collectively what I should say is that both me and Carl um, and the Fighting Got podcast would suggest that you never punch a mum, ever, regardless of what ever happens. Never punch your... I mean, I think I'd argue that most people would agree with us on that point. Yeah, I, but what if what if someone give you like a million pounds? Would you punch your mum then? Punch my mum? But am I allowed to sort of get her in on the deal? And no, say, this is no, what needs to happen? You, you can get her in after. You can get her in after. You could say, you could say, <laughs> give her half a million quid. Yeah, yeah, say, yeah. After, sorry, oh, so you, you have to there was you have a purpose to that. Full power punch to your mum's face. I don't, think, I don't think I could, you know. Yeah, but afterwards you get she's she's half a millionaire. I know, but think of the actual psychological damage of getting. <laughs> Properly punched by your child. Yeah, significant. Well, you don't get a million pound for free, do you? you got, there's got to be some. No, I mean, yeah, but I don't, yeah, I, don't, I genuinely don't think I would. I could, I'd rather live without a million quid than live with the guilt of punching my mum in the head. A lot of money co- uh, cures a lot of guilt, in my opinion. 
I think changing I, tune about this whole hitting people. Well, I, three minutes ago. <laughs> well, I just, I, I just think there's, there's always a grey area over everything, isn't there? Um, my, my, you know, me and my mate Garrett, if we grew up together, yeah. we've got a, we've got a lifelong deal. We've always said it that we've both said you're allowed to punch the other one in their head out of the blue <laughs> as hard as you can once in your life, and the other person's not allowed to get up, like not allowed to hold it against them, right? Has it happened? And no, but we we made that deal when we were like 16, I reckon, and we just found it funny. Yeah. And I've always remembered it, which I think means he still remembers it. So part of me thinks it's gonna it's gonna happen one day. Have you never discussed uh, it since? No. Oh, so, so there is it's, this weird. It's in, it's in the back burner. It's like, in I the think ether. One day. It feels like, like I'm seeing him in, he lives in Luxembourg now. I'm seeing him in January in Berlin. And there's a part of me that want, might just lay him out. <laughs> I see it. Started a lot of the meetup. Just put him on his, put him on the street, mate. And just say like, yeah, you can remember that. Remember. But then the problem is going first means then I'm going to spend the rest of my life waiting to get done. Yeah. Do you know what would be great about that, Carl, is, is that you, um, I don't think it happens in Luxembourg in January when you said you was going. I think it happens when you're like 80 and you meet up. Uh, that would be the funniest one. Isn't it? De That's a, the one. Death, and it kills you. The, obviously, the the holy grail is you visit them on their deathbed in the hospital and you walk in, you know, a bunch of flowers and a card and just properly just iron him out. <laughs> that would be cool. magic. Kill him. Or, kill him. Or, or, Stone dead. Or, or if he's dead and you're at his funeral... And you're just doing, you know, open I don't know if you watch. Open casket. Yeah, open casket. If you watch a UFC, just doing the hammer punches. <laughs> going, yeah, yeah. Remember what we agreed. <laughs> and his mum and dad are going, what? Are you? No, they wouldn't be there. There'd be no chance they'd be there. But his uh, friends and family are going, what are you doing? He's like, you don't know. You don't know what yeah. we've agreed. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, we've yeah, got a couple like, of... Isn't it a wedding day would be good as well. He's not married. Like He's been in a long-term relationship. They've never got married. Yeah. I don't uh, know this bloke, but I hope 100% you... you you um, punch him in the head. Yeah, yeah, punch him in the head. Completely. But it's, it's consensual. We have we've both agreed to it, so that's we're not endorsing violence. You yeah, might not remember. You you might be remembering it, but he might not. That's that would be even funnier if I knocked him out and then he didn't remember what we, he did. He was like, I don't remember that conversation at all. <laughs> it's like, I've just punched my. I hundred percent. I hundred percent think that he does remember it, like you'll remember it, and you look at each other and you think, is is this the time, or can we it's just forget there. it? And I can't forget it. I can't forget it because he might remember. So yeah. I get I get hundred percent where you're coming from. Anyway, we we're gonna do a couple more questions before we come on to an interview I did with Eddie Hearn, yeah, the Eddie, Eddie Hearn. Oh, yeah, I saw that on Twitter. I saw you said that you were gonna do. It. I've not seen the interview, but yeah, that's interesting. Mad, to isn't hear it? What mad, he's like. mad that Eddie Hearn's on the Fighting Cock podcast. It's nothing to yeah. do with with uh, with what we've done. It's to do with the fact that I know someone who works at Matchroom. He, he hooked me up, right? But it doesn't nice. matter. It doesn't matter. Still, it's an exclusive, isn't it? Let's do questions. Let's do a couple of questions before we go on to that. And then, uh, Cole, you're a boxing fan, aren't you? So um, I am, yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, what's going to go on at, at Tottenham on Saturday. Uh, yeah, before yeah. we do that, um, uh, stay, uh, Dan, Stain's, Dan Spurs Stain says, no, uh, and Dombley runs towards the Spurs fans as he scores. Kane runs away from them. Discuss. So this is um, yesterday. So Kane I, and Dombley scored. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think. Um, Do you buy I mean, anything into that? I don't know. I, I maybe. I'd say. I'd say Kane's still a bit embarrassed about what happened over the summer. So I reckon he's just sort of, you know, keeping his head down a bit. He doesn't want to, you know. Because he'll. Pre I mean, there's still going to be fans that are digging him out a bit. So I reckon he's just 
sort of protecting him, protecting himself from that. Yeah, and what, so, what, what, what's the worst thing that's going to happen to him if he scores and then runs towards the fans as he's always? Oh yeah, done? I'm not justifying. I think it's wrong. I think he should, you know, just be normal. How, how but do you, I do just think how do you a bit feel bruised. about him? How do you feel about him at the moment? I, I think I think I remember when like, I was on what last month or something. I remember saying like, I don't hold it against him as such. As long as he start, he's doing the job. You know, what I mean, if he's if he's banging in goals, I'm like, all right, whatever, man. This is this is good. He's still doing. He's still our talisman. But you know, he's he's he has had a few moody games. So that, that I've started be like, yeah, fuck this so man. And he's shit. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's nothing nothing to do with what he did in the summer. It's just that he's not. Turns doing... out it's not actually. It turns <laughs> out I'm even more fickle than I thought. And the moment he has one moody game, I was like, fucking should have taken 50 million for the so, shithead. You know what I mean? So, so if your mum left your dad for a bloke down the road with a bit bigger dick, but decided not to at the end or was convinced not to, and then her dinners weren't up to scratch, you'd be. it was at that point where you'd think, yeah, you're not a good yeah. mum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, at the moment, the... the yeah, spaghetti the, bolognese the, wasn't that mum, The mum aspect sort of uh, suffers. <laughs> You know, I can. I, that's when I'll get upset. I don't care if she wants that massive dick. We all want the massive you know. dick, don't we? Well, exactly. It's that's. If anything, I'd I'd understand that more than Harry came on and go to Man City. So you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Nah. Right. So just want a want a nice one. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Uh, um, Brian Gill, who has slowly started the season as a fan favourite, he's coming into yeah, yeah. the four right now. And um, you know, when we signed him, you're thinking. Who is this geezer? Why does he look like a beetle? All that kind of stuff. But he's actually his technical ability. He's, he's a lovely little player, isn't he? He's nice it just and feels confident. Like, and it feels like if we can supplement his abilities and just like play around him, that we will have a really special player there. It really does. Yeah. Uh, but what, again, I think that that's the problem we've got at the minute is we don't really know what midfield to start. Do you know what I mean? Like, where does he play? Or do you try and play him on the left of, like, a front three? That sounds, feels a bit weird. Like, I don't know where, at the minute, that's what I feel like Nuno is trying to work out what to do with all these players. And he hasn't really worked out what system or what, you know, what who's going to start out of. Because, you know, if you had Ndombele and Gill, and it's not Gill, and it's, is it Hill? Hill. Oh, Hill. It's Hill, Hill. But, um, you know, sort of then then you've got, you know, is Skip going to play? Is Hoiberg going to play? It's like, I think it's a, it's a hard, it's a dilemma I think we've got in a minute. Like, but I really like I really like him. He's a lovely little chap, isn't he? Yeah, he floats. It, it's, it's, mm. He's almost like a, like a Windy talked about it, but he, he, there's something Modric-esque about him. I, there I think... is. But do you think that's just because he's little and he's got wavy hair? Yeah. Because I've had that thought myself about him being, oh, he's a bit like Modric. And you're like, this is just me just fucking just comparing him in stature. Yeah, I think there's more to it than that, but I get it completely. He just, he, he has a similar, you know, drops a shoulder. He has a similar sort yeah, of yeah. playing style and he's playing further forward than perhaps. Do you know what? Modric did play. He, he played behind um, for Redknapp. We, we played a 4 4 one one with Modric yeah, behind yeah. the front man. It might have been Bent or wherever it was at the time. Pavlichenko. Um but yeah, he has the, a similar playing style and a similar. Uh, while he's bigger than Modric, he he's his playing style isn't about his physicality; it's about his te- technicality. So yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's um he's exciting, and and I think we we kind of love him already. And I don't know if you you saw the sort of penalty shootout, but his technique when he ran up to take that penalty it was like there was absolutely no doubt it was one of the best when he just struck the ball it, it just the way he shaped his body as he hit the yeah. ball it was like there's no chance that any 
Any any any goalkeeper in the world is saving that. And well, what just, was the first? What was the first game he started? It was it was, um, it was it, like Europa Conference. Yeah, against Paco Paco's de Ferreira. Yeah. And he just, I mean, obviously, it's hard to judge a player like against, you know, they're not obviously of the caliber of like a sort of some of the teams we played in the Premier League this season. But like, I, um, he looked super confident. Like, do you know what I mean? And like, you just, he didn't look like it was a, you know, he didn't look like a nervy debutant. You know what I mean? He was just sort of very direct and running at people and making nice little through passes. Like, it was, I was really, I was well impressed with just how self assured he is. Like a young, yeah, he just looks comfortable, doesn't he? Yeah, uh, we got a question from Callum Phillips. He says, uh, Mourinho recently said in a press conference, A few wins is euphoria, a few defeats is depression. Is this fair? Are we overreactive and less patient as fans nowadays? Surely players and managers need time to adapt to each other. I mean, we talked about this, yeah, before when we were talking about domestic abuse and football, but if, um, that there is a, a completely reasonable argument to be had that we've won three games at the, first, at the start of the season, we've lost two badly, and maybe the rest of the season would be completely different. But fans are so reactive and and so um, yeah, implosive. And, it, and, and it's natural. You you can't, you only ever really sort of your resting state is always tends to be related to the last match. But I just yeah, I do think you used to just be like, oh well, we were shit. That at the weekend, let's hope we're better next weekend, whatever. Whereas I do think now it is it, people. It, people naturally catastrophize everything. Whereas in the, I, I don't know, I I feel like I remember a time when a loss was just a loss, and you'd be like, well, yeah, and you just oh, man, you just man. think, I hope hope we win next time. You don't hit get a loss and think, what well, a club's fuck. We need a rebuild. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always everyone always goes for the big ideas and thinks it's sort of. We're just gonna. This is forever now. Well, you know when, I mean? when actually, we were kids, I'm not. When we were kids, Carl, it, well, it was exactly that. It was just, oh, we lost the game. It, it's not the end of the world. We lost the game. There'll be another one next week. I remember Spurs beating uh, Arsenal in 1997. I want to say with Armstrong and Sheringham, we we scored two. Burkamp scored for them, and yeah. all I thought from that wasn't that we'd beaten them. It was. Well, we've got six months between the next time we have to play them, so that's yeah. a good thing for Spurs. It didn't matter; there was no jeopardy about the league. It was just the best teams won, the teams that were going to finish mediocre, finished mediocre. But now, because of like social media and, and and Sky Sports, it's like if you lose a game, you're oh now you're seven points behind the top four. Now you yeah. and, and I do it as well when I watch it. I was thinking that, that loss will put us, you know, outside of the top four. We're not going to finish. You know, it's. The way we follow football now is so much more complex than when it was when we were kids. It's also much more stressful. You know what I mean? Like it's sort of the, the it used to, the match used to be the stressful bit. Do you know what I mean? That ninety minutes was where you'd go through it with what was happening on the pitch. You'd feel every moment, and you'd get excited, and you'd get upset, and you sort of every you'd feel all them emotions. But like you didn't have to feed it the rest of the time. You know, you just, you were just a fan and then the match was the big thing. But whereas it does feel now like it's more of a, it's almost like you've got to constantly just stress about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's your entire life. And it's like, I try, that's why I try and disengage sometimes from looking at anything on Twitter about Tottenham and I don't check BBC Sport and all that. I just, you know, I just sort of detach and just wait for the match. I'm trying to sort of be more old school in my viewing of football. 
I've, I've, um, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. No, no, <laughs> I can't no. Live with it. It's just really, really damaging. I, 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 I've created a beautiful echo chamber. I've talked about this before, but echo, echo chamber on, on Twitter where I only get served opinions that I agree with. I don't want to be educated. So I, I, I just, I just want to, when I go on Twitter, I don't want to be frustrated. I don't want to be irritated. I just want to read, yeah. um, the, the, the tweets by people who I agree with. And that's the way I want to live my life. People yeah, might say, it's, yeah, but so people say like, why would you want to be in an echo chamber? It's like because it's nicer than being stressed. It's like, at, on your own. You're sitting at home on having a shit, and suddenly you're annoyed about someone's opinion that you don't even know. And it's like, what, what, why do you think you want to be in an echo chamber? Yeah, it's like it's like why, why would um, why would why why would you want to be born in the womb of your mother? Why wouldn't you want to be born in a fucking forest fire in Spain? Like it's it's of course I wouldn't. Why do you why do you want to sleep under a nice comfortable duvet and a nice comfortable bed every night rather than fucking sleep in a skip? Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. I want comfortable That's... things. I want life to be nice. Yeah, you don't want to hear what other people have to say. No one does. There's people that are, I'm educated. I, you know, I just want to know. I want I want an idea of the social circumference and and how people feel. You don't. You want a tunnel that you sit in that's like a womb. That's 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 the fucking be all and end all. Yeah, until death, and then you're out of it, and it's fine. And what an existence that would be! What? Yeah, it isn't the drive of every human being to be comfortable and satisfied and content. That's the that's, that that's the key in it to be content. Yeah, yeah. So, so if you can be content for the rest of your life and just hear the opinions that you like, then that's the goal. That's it. I, yes, I I totally agree. What, there's no one else out there can like any anyone who who disagrees with that is a fucking sadist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's that people that love getting into like a a, 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 a debate. Twitter argument. People who reply. I've never like you know. I never reply if I do see something I disagree with. I don't reply to it because I'm not mad. <laughs> do you know what I mean? What? I don't want to. It's that thing of I I I do feel that that is insanity to sit at home in the comfort of your own home having an online argument. You're like literally having an argument you don't need to have. You're at home on your own. You could just watch telly, mate. Have a cup of tea. You can't win Instead, that argument. A... You cannot no. win it. You've I... lost it the moment you enter it, but just because the moment because the problem is being in the argument. Yeah. Can I can I just give you an example here? Because I just sort of brung up Twitter there, right? As you were talking, yeah. just to see if anyone had sent in any other questions before yeah, we yeah. go to the interview with Eddie Hearn. I tweeted yesterday, and Don Blay is something else. Imagine a scene out, season out of him. This is before he made his two mistakes for both the yeah. goals which was you know it was bad and uh a bloke called sean responded to this and went yeah mike might only play 10 games and then a little emoji that looks the the sky like he's yeah. like he's like, oh yeah whatever i don't need that from you sean i don't need it from you and i appreciate that i put the message out first that he invited you to comment and i get it but this doesn't fit with my echo chamber ergo Muted, never hear from you again. Yeah. <laughs> and that, my friends, and everyone who's listening to this, and to you, Carl, is yeah. the path to contentment. Oh yeah, mate. I'm I'm I mute so many people oh, on Twitter. Unbelievable amount. Just and like the amount of comedians I've muted just because they during COVID basically stopped ever tweeting anything funny and just started talking about politics, politics and, and yeah. shit. I was just like, you're out, you're done, mate. I'm muting you. Yeah, this is I the thing. I've time for that shit. This is the thing is when you're on Twitter and you feel like you've, you've, um, you've got, you, you start, and I did it last night. I started, I, I was watching Boris Johnson talk to 
um What's the fucking geezer's name? Who's like the most powerful man in the world at the moment? The president. Joe know? Biden. Yes, him. Joe, Joe Biden, right? <laughs> What's that fucking it, geezer's name? Yeah, it did, it, at that moment, it just <laughs> let, left me. But yeah, Joe Biden was like basically saying, yeah, fucking this geezer's a joke. And you got Boris Johnson's like bobbling, his head's bobbling around. And, I, and, and I'm like, this is this, this is the leader of our country, is it? Um, and I, I, I put a tweet out and I was thinking... And I put it out and I knew, I knew I shouldn't. I knew I shouldn't do this, but I had a drink and I did it anyway. Yeah. And within 10 minutes, I've had enough replies to, to sort of underline the, the hesitation I had, which yeah. was don't send the fucking tweet. I did it and then deleted it. And I don't know. This is the same thing like with Spurs. It's like, you just want to enjoy your football club. You just want to watch Spurs play. Like it doesn't matter if Ndombele gave away two goals or, you know, just, He's a genius. Just let him play. Let's just see what happens. Yeah. Not, my opinion yeah. doesn't mean anything, even though. Well, no, that, yeah. But also, you're not, you're not a, yeah, you're not a merchant of doom on Twitter. You know what I mean? That's the thing I struggle with is the the negative fans, the fans that seemingly only ever tweet criticism of the club and criticism of the players, and like, and you're like, what in, what are you getting out of being a Tottenham fan? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You literally it feels like they're just living in a constant state of sort of. It's angst and sadness. Misery. Like, that's not what it should be. If you support a team, you just support the team. That's the end of it. Do you know what I mean? Put, put, put winning and losing to the side for a minute. The underlying thing is you're a fan. A fan should not only ever criticise the thing well, they're meant uh, to and love. This is the thing. is like me, me and you, Carl, might create an echo chamber that only um, serves us positive messages. Imagine if you're the, the other side of it where you're, you're negative, right? And you might... Yeah. If anyone says anything positive about Daniel Levy or Ndombele or Lo Celso or before it, um, uh, Gareth Bauer, wherever it might be, and you just think, I don't agree with that, I disagree with that, I'm going to mute. And then their echo chamber is just a fucking, it's a misery chamber. They're just <laughs> hearing all of the bad stuff and it just turns yeah, into yeah. Gollum. It's, they, turn, they turn into Gollum. Must be, yeah. That's it. That's what I don't. I, I genuinely what like some because you can't you can't totally blanket m mute everything about that. Is because if you follow any sports journalist anything, you're always going to see some some negativity come into your timeline. So you can't totally protect yourself. But I, so I still see the odd bit every couple of days or something. Yeah, and I genuinely just I I, I worry for those people. I feel like. You almost want to say to him, you just need to take a break from Spurs, I think, because like, it's not uh, it's, it's not helping you. It's actually harming you. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> I, because I still just, I can, I don't go into each match, watching a match like, like stressed or, you know, I still just go in excited to watch Tottenham play football. That's genuinely my sort of base. Because they might give you something to be excited about, but if they yeah. don't, you can't control it. So you've got to let it go. And also, if you go in sort of neutral and just think, well, let's see what happens. And I just want to watch the football. I hope it's a good match. You know, when you win, it's amazing. You feel just that, you 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 know. But if you go in negative, then you're starting from such a minus that even when you win, it's more like, well, fucking, well, at least we won that one. It's almost yeah. like you're dismissive of the fact you won. It was lucky or something. You're going in. And if, when you lose, you go so much further down. Like, so like, it's just, you're basically ruining your enjoyment of the game by you, only thinking about your club negatively. You're going into a Spurs game just to achieve a plateau rather than to achieve a, you know, a higher plane. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I think we're going to um, just, just round up this Spurs chat before we go into 
the fact that Anthony Joshua is fighting Alexander Usyk at uh, the White Hart Lane this 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 Saturday, which is a massive fight. It's a you know, yeah. it's it's a, it's a huge fight. And um, who's on the undercard? I don't I haven't, I haven't checked the undercard. I yet. don't I don't know yet. Right, there's uh, I do I, I do actually. Uh, Lawrence Coley's fighting, and probably Ted Cheeseman, but I'm 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 not 100 percent sure. But before yeah. we do that, I um I, I interviewed Eddie Hearn about the whole situation and and how it came to the fore that Andy Joshua would be fighting at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium for all of his world titles, and and seeing what might happen from this point forward. So enjoy this, and uh, we'll see you in a bit. So uh, you've probably seen the face-to-face ruck between Caleb Plant and Canelo yesterday. As a promoter, is that like your worst nightmare? Because Caleb Plant has a cut under his eye, and that potentially could fuck things up, right? Yeah, it's, it's the it's it's the the best thing and the worst thing to happen. I mean, it's always great to have a little bit of beef between the fighters and a little bit of spite at the press conference, but it's never great that they start chinning each other in the, the head-to-head, especially when they get cut. But I think the cut's okay. I think uh, it's not going to cause him too many problems, but it could have been a lot worse. I yeah. mean, if that's above the eye and it opens up, you've probably got to stop sparring. You won't be able to prepare. And then you've got to put the fight back. So good and bad, really. Um, but, you know, going to get a lot of people talking about the fight. Yeah, definitely. Uh, have you ever had a, a face-off in, in the UK where something's come on top? I was thinking kind of Jazora White where... Oh, well, that was, the, that was the, the worst one of all time, you know, when he started... I had a couple of security guards um, standing behind Chisora and I said to them, look, be ready because when Chisora's knee starts going up and down, he's about to, he's about to go. And I saw his knee go and, and I sort of looked to the security and he stood up and grabbed the table and I thought, this is great, he's going to flip the table. But then he got his hands right underneath it, picked it up and threw it at me, Adam Smith and, and Dillian White and uh, he just completely lost the plot. So that, that was a wild one. Loads and loads of, uh, you know, heads going in and, and yeah. swing and stuff like that. I haven't been chinned yet, which is a good thing. I think it's only a matter of time. And, and you guys <laughs> and everybody listening to this will love it because I will go down like a sack of shit, you know, <laughs> once I get one on the chin. So um, trying to avoid that right now. I'm a big fan of what you've done, actually, for boxing in the UK especially. So I'd, I'd hate for that to happen, Eddie. <laughs> um, uh, so obviously this, this Saturday, AJ puts up his belts against Usyk at uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. What made you think that White Hart Lane would be a great place for this fight to happen? Obviously, it's a massive stadium. It's, you know, it has everything you need to host a boxing bout, but th- there's so many other options in the UK. What, what, what was it about Spurs Stadium that attracted you? Well, I think it is, you know, all the things you just said there, it, it's a cutting-edge stadium. And when it got built, you know, our first... Um, reaction really is, well, we should do a fight there. You know, um, I think the, the original plans to do the Pudev fight there pre-COVID were already in place. But we've done shows at Wembley. You know, we've looked at the Emirates before, but this is this is this is the best stadium, I think, in the country. You know, not just saying that. I mean, I've been down there. I was at the, the Chelsea game at the weekend. I went to the, the press announcement there. Went there on Monday. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. You know, the hospitality facilities, every seat's a great seat. You've got the capacity, but you don't feel sort of alienated in your seat there, like you're a million miles away from the action. And um, I think that's important. Daniel Levy and the team at Tottenham were aggressive and they wanted to make sure that major events take place at the stadium. Um, 
we did it we did a great deal for everybody and, and on we go I was going to ask about that uh, in, in in a second, but I might as well ask it now. Is it, like, what was that negotiation like? Did they reach out to you? Did the, did Tottenham Hotspur reach out to Matram, or or was it a? How did that happen? How did this conversation start? I think when 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 the stadium was built and they started to talk about doing major events, um, you know, it's quite a small world in that respect. Like people that go in to Spurs to work, you know, in in bringing big events, have worked at Wembley before or worked at the O2 and everybody kind of knows each other. And I think it was a conversation with, with our chief executive from someone who said, look, we'd be keen to stage an AJ fight. Yeah. Obviously off the back of a lot of successful uh, AJ fights at Wembley. Um, and it was like, not just saying it, but you only have to go down there once and have a walk around and go, wow, this is some place. And, and that's what happened. You know, we went down there and, and decided that we should, we should give it a spin. And did, you, did you deal directly with Daniel Levy or was it someone else in his team? Um, sort of directly with Daniel in some aspects, but generally with, with the team who are responsible for bringing the big events there. Of course, we know he would always have the final say on the deal. Um, you know, he's someone that's very hands-on with the club. He's got vision for the club and for the stadium. And I think he was, he was quite proactive to get the fight. You know, he, he pushed hard with his team internally to try and make the deal. Um, and he was happy with everything to proceed and, and obviously gave, gave it his blessing. And I'm sure he'll be there proud as punch on Saturday night. Yeah, 100%. Well, what, 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 how, in terms of like the financials, and I'm not sure you can answer this, I, I'm just going to ask it because uh, this will be my one chance too. But how, how does this help Spurs? Like, what, in, it, do, do we get a, a cut of the um, ticket sales or, or is it just they, you pay a fee? How, how does it work? Because I remember you mentioning a while back about potentially staging a Callum's, uh, a Smith fight at Anfield, yeah. but it was too expensive. What in, many, in many different ways is the answer. So you know, when you do a big stadium deal, you know, you can, you can have a flat rental, you can work together on the upside of, of the bar or the hospitality or the ticket sales. Right. Um, so there's definitely a mix of that. I don't listen. I don't think this is going to change the financial uh, future of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. But what it is going to do, hopefully, is be financially successful for them, but also create a legacy for the club to say this fight, you know, if we get a fight like Joshua Klitschko, yeah. that's always going to be remembered that that was at Tottenham Stadium. And also, by the way, everyone, every sports fan in the world and every country in the world is going to be watching this, this fight from Tottenham Stadium. You know, my dad did Eubank Watson at the old White Hart Lane many 30 years ago, actually, yesterday. Um, So we've got a little bit of legacy there. Well, um, Bruno uh, Buchner as well. Yeah, well, that was his first ever fight. Yeah. So, you know, you've got got those, and I always take the mick out of him. I think 20,000 went to each of those, and I've got 70,000 coming on Saturday. So I'll remind him of that. But ironically, you know, he was a he was a Spurs fan as a kid. I did a little stint there as well. Yeah, you had and, a season ticket, uh, right? Or, or you, yeah, you borrowed a season well, ticket? Well, uh, someone, someone, uh, my dad did a deal with someone on on something, and we ended up with four Spurs season tickets instead, uh, or as part of the deal. And he gave it to me, and I used to go down there with the fighters. They'd take me down there. I, thought, I guess I was 15, 14, 15. So you're talking about. Um, 27 years ago mm. so uh, I was there for about four seasons and then after that we went on and, and obviously my old man brought Leighton Orient so I started going home and away to every game there and and obviously as as that developed we would do 
some work with, with Spurs, with Harry and bringing young players in. I mean, Tom Carroll and Andres Townsend and famously Harry Kane, who I actually saw the other day and reminded him that actually when you were Orient, we didn't think you'd ever make it. <laughs> I don't think any of us did. <laughs> and, and he went back. He went back, and we were like, "And Josh Townsend, wow, he can play. He's rapid." <laughs> but Harry Kane, what a lovely young man, but not probably not going to cut the mustard. And yeah, goes on it. to be one of England's greatest ever strikers. Indeed, we actually had a question from Ross, in, and he says, "Have you ever thought about becoming a football agent, given your uh, your work uh, with Orient before?" But like, you, you've been so good at promoting boxing in, in the UK. Have you ever thought about football? It's, it's, a, it's a good question, and the answer is yes, a lot. Um, we got so much on across so many different sports at Matchroom, but, and, and I hope any football agents listening to this don't take it the wrong way. I, I do see some football agents making an awful lot of money and think we are on another level to, to, to the way you operate, but it's a special talent. It's, you know, we used to deal with agents all the time, Orion, and they were probably the, the bane of our life. Really, so yeah. I'm not sure I'd want to put a, a chairman for having to deal with me uh, for a player. So we've had a couple of approaches to start up an agency in football. And, and back in the day, people don't know this, actually, that my dad was a football agent right. for about 10 minutes. <laughs> right. So we started Matchroom Football. And then literally a day later, um, he, I think he... Dean Holdsworth and a few others he was representing and then literally two days later he bought Orient and then had to close the whole thing down so wow. um, maybe never never say never but right now just just stick into uh, what's on the agenda no fair play uh, it's great news on, on that agenda that AJ signed with Matchroom again uh, you know I saw the press release earlier and it's a fantastic thing given the fact that you've like the, the the rise of AJ, I know you did it with Froch and, and others before, but with AJ, it seemed to 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 you know launch Matchroom and 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 British boxing into a new stratosphere. Um, but he he has signed with Matchroom, but it was a period where it felt it felt a bit odd because you uh, Matchroom had gone to the zone. Uh, Joshua was still fighting on Sky, and I'm sure it was to do with his deal. But was there any period where you thought that you were going to lose AJ, that he was going to go somewhere else? Or? Not, not really. I mean, you know, our deal with the zone doesn't include AJ. So, but it was a bit awkward because obviously, you know, it's, I don't think I'm top of the Christmas card list. Yeah. What, what was that conversation like when you said, "Oh, I'm going to kind of go over to the zone"? <laughs> what yeah, was that like? Think, yeah, that that conversation's ongoing. What AJ does, but yeah, you know, I think that at the end of the day, it's business, and this is a tough sport for these guys. So they're yeah. going to be looking for the best deal that that they can, and also the right partners and. Um, we still have a good relationship with Sky across a number of our sports, obviously darts being a standout of that. Um, but we had a massive opportunity with the zone, great platform, he heavily invested in boxing globally. And um, it was good to secure AJ's signature for the rest of his career because I didn't really doubt it. And I'm sure a handshake would have been enough, but really nice to actually get a contract signed and, and just say, look, we're, we're in it together. We, we started together from the debut and now we go on to together to the end of his career, which could be five years, could be seven years, who knows? But uh, looking forward to being a part of it and, and many more chapters, many more ups and downs to come. Yeah, it's a better thing for, for boxing fans, I think, certainly UK boxing fans. And then the, you've got this fight on Saturday at Spurs Stadium against Usyk. And uh, I think that there might be a perception against casual fans that Usyk's probably the easier option if you compare them to Wilder and Fury. But I absolutely disagree with that. What what 
what do you think about this fight going you know you know towards saturday it, it to me I, if i was in your shoes i'd be worried about what usik's going to bring not you know usik so you're not I'm worried but no no i am definitely worried yeah i think that's a good word. and every second that gets closer to the fight you get more and more worried i mean he is actually in a room right next to me right now doing some media obligations usik and <laughs> He's just, he's, he's an enigma, you know, like he, I think the scariest thing about Usyk is he has no fear. Mm. You know, he's, he's a bit wacky. He's not, he's not a nutter. Like no. he's not a violent, but he's just, he's, he has a great mind and he can figure things out and he can work things out and he can, but at the end of the day, I, as nervous as I get, I try and just tell myself how exciting is this? Yeah. You know, how great is it to, to put on a fight like this? I'm like, buzzing for it. The unified heavyweight world champion against the undisputed cruiserweight world champion. I mean, you're going back to like Holyfield bow mm. kind of era where, where that's like the dynamics between the two. And I think you're going to get a great fight. I do believe AJ will stop him. I think that it's going to be tricky and a tough fight, but I think that he'll get to him and he'll break him down and, and he will hit too hard for him. But there's nothing on the resume of Alexander Usyk that shows that he's, you know, he's not been hurt before, really. He's not been out on his feet. He's not been close to defeat. So you just don't know, do you? I mean, he might go in there on Saturday and just put the performance. He's a pound for pound fighter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. question. So he's, he may just put a performance on that wows the world and, and wins. But yeah, that's yeah. cool, isn't it? And I think rather than worrying yourself, like I do sometimes about it. I just think you say, do you know what? Just just go and enjoy high level sport and soak it up and, and remember the occasion. And if we can get a win, even better. Yeah, it's easy for us to do as fans. Like uh, For me to watch it, I, that's exactly what I want to see on Saturday. But for you, you've got a vested interest in AJ doing doing well. And when the fight was made, I was like, that's that's fine. That's a step, not a stepping stone. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But it was it's a... Uh, it's about that AJ can win because of his size and his his power and, and his technique in, in recent years. Um, and if he beats Usyk, then then the world opens up for him again, as it had done has done previously. Um, but what what's the plan? Should AJ come through Usyk, and I hope he does. Uh, you've got Fury and Wilder there, and then is it more likely that he fights White next? Is, is no, that I think I think I mean I think he he goes into. The undisputed fight you know we've waited so long for that fight if we keep putting obstacles in if we keep you know fury keeps going for another fight or this fight like if, if aj beats usig and fury beats wilder no more messing around just make the fight you know yeah, that, for- that's the ultimate fight it's the undisputed fight it's what aj wants so badly he's always wanted to be undisputed um you know the only good thing out of that fight being put on the back burner is you've got aj usig out of it, which as it draws closer, you know, it, it can never be as big a fight as AJ Fury, but it's it's it may be the biggest fight of AJ's career so far, and uh, hopefully Fury can beat Wilder, and, and those two can just get it on. So, the, the, so if if Fury doesn't beat Wilder, is that not uh, something that can make? You know, if he doesn't beat Wilder, then we go after Wilder because it's the one belt. You know, it's the one belt left. AJ has every other belt in the division. He just needs that one belt to be undisputed. So he would love to fight Fury, but he just wants that belt. You know, to be crowned undisputed heavyweight world champion, it doesn't get any bigger. So that that's the dream. Okay, uh, Eddie, I'm not going to keep you any longer. Thank you so much for giving us your time. And uh, are there any more plans beyond this this fight to to fight at Spurs? 
I think that the relationship's been great. I think the atmosphere on Saturday is going to be wild. And um, I think either way, I'm going to renew my season ticket. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but but it, it was quite funny. I just, when I was in the, I was in, I was luckily got an invite to the box on, or a box on sat on Sunday. Yeah. And I was like a fanboy because it was all the players that I used to watch. Right? Yeah. So Steve Sedgley was in there. Paul Allen was in there. Oh, was, that when you, was that when you had your... The, yeah, when you yeah down even there. a little bit, little bit before my time with Mickey Hazard. Yeah, but same. I, yeah, when, yeah. when Klinsman came to the club, mm. that's really when I, was, when I was there. And I remember going to, um, I think it was Leeds, to watch um, the Everton game in the semi-final of the Cup once when Gaza done his knee. Yeah. I was there. And, and I used to have this terrible ring, right? THFC on the <laughs> ring. And even to this day, my mates still take the piss out of me about that ring. And when I went the other day, they all phoned me up and went, are you wearing your THFC ring? You know, which I used to go around in at 16. So I've really enjoyed dealing with the club. And um, Good stuff. yeah, now, now, now we haven't got Orient anymore. I'll have to renew the season ticket, I think. Fair play, fair play. Well, I was in, I was in the, uh, the, the top of the part lane um, against uh, Chelsea and Washington's. Watching them slap us, which is unfortunate. But I was yeah. sitting there as I was looking down at the centre circle where the ring's going to be, and I was thinking, uh, yeah. actually, do you know what? This is a good view. This is a, yeah. this this feels like a stadium that could host host boxing boxing bouts. So you might, um, you might believe it when you see it on Saturday. You know how how it will look. You oh, you think to yourself, is that really? I know. Is that really our gap? And, I'm really uh, really excited it, for it. It's, really. a, it's a big moment for Spurs fans as well. You know, I think I think it's really nice for the club to host such a historic sporting event. So it's part of the reason why the stadium was built it was to do oh. these very things and, and for it to be sport. I mean, a lot of Spurs fans out there were like, thinking like they were talking about uh, um, Beyonce concerts and Jay-Z yeah. concerts. And that's, that's one thing, but you, for, to, to have boxing, which is closely aligned with the, you know, football fan mm-hmm. support, it just, it knits nicely together. So I'm, I'm really happy that it's happening. It's a massive thing that AJ's fighting at that our stadium and um, hopefully he wins and, and there'll be many more in the future. Thank you so much, Eddie. Cheers, mate. Fingers crossed. Cheers. All right, mate. Thanks a lot. Yeah, so that was... Uh, yeah, I, I had a fantastic opportunity. Thank you to Matchroom and thank you to Scott, especially, who helped us arrange that interview. Because Eddie Hearn... I, you know, when I, was, I did the interview, Carl, um, yeah. I sent it to my brother because he, he loves boxing. And he sent it to my dad. My dad rang me up and went, why didn't you fucking tell me you interviewed Eddie Hearn? <laughs> I was like, oh, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't think you'd you'd be interviewed. He goes, he's one of the biggest fucking promoters in boxing in in the, in the world. I was like, no, oh, no, Dad, I know who he is. I've like, been told off by my dad for not telling him because I've done something that it was you know could be considered good. But anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, thank you for Matrim and and uh, and Scott especially and 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 Eddie Hearn. Not that he's listening to this. Uh, for speaking to us, it was it was really interesting. Um, you know, his dad once mugged me off at a gig. <laughs> so not not in a bad like a bad. I did a I did a gig for the PDC Darts Awards dinner, <laughs> and I was just I was the comedian. How long ago was this? Six seven years. Um, and so it was basically, and Gary Anderson had won the the, the, the PDC award the, the the final a couple of days before, and I did the awards dinner. So it's a big swanky dinner when they're all suiting and booted, and Barry Hearns there, front table, mm. and um, and I met him before the gig. He was lovely, and uh, and I went on. I was having a, I was having a good gig with the majority of them. Gary Anderson could not have hated me anymore. He's just a dour Scott looking at me, just, just going like, 
you know, oh, just I was, just, I'm a little. Was you attacking him? Or... No, not at all. Like I was, a, I'm a fan of his. I think he's a, you know, he's a brilliant darts player. But you know, I just don't think, I don't think he was enjoying my comedy. I think he's, it, it wasn't for him. This sort of, you know, London bloody yeah. boy, like prancing around the stage. But um, I, I got chatting to. I was trying to do a bit of banter with the front row, and I said to some guy, "Well, what do you do?" And he was like, I'm the head of Sky Sports. I was like, oh, cool, man. <laughs> and I went to a bloke next to him. What do you do? He was like, oh, I'm the head of ESPN. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then I basically just went, look, I said to him, Is it, who's the poorest person on this front row? And Barry Hearn just went, you, like that. So <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Which is quality. And he got a massive laugh and I sort of played with it. it, was, it was, he was a very good value man, he was. Good, good. Uh, I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, I can't imagine why anyone would put themselves in that situ- in in the situation you do, Carl. Now, I haven't seen you you perform a couple of times. I, I realise how good you are and how funny you are, but it must be fucking horrendous just to but them be corporate in- gigs. Corporate gigs are the hardest because, like, yeah, there is there's so much that can go wrong, you, man. Like, you're just entertainment, ago, right? Was, you're just yeah, brought yeah, on as cattle. Yeah, that one was that one was quite nice though, to be honest. But I, I did one a couple of weeks ago that was fucking bad. What was like, it? I really tell it me was about just, it. It was like a I can't. I don't want to tell. Like, it was just for a like a, a company type thing. It was in Cardiff. It was like two in the afternoon. They'd just finished their lunch, and then it was like, and they sort of didn't know there was going to be a comedian. So like, basically, a bloke just walked on after they'd finished lunch and went, right, everyone, and before we get on with the awards today, <laughs> uh, we've got a bit of entertainment. And then it's when this guy has been described as and like read out some credits and quotes, and went, so give it up for Carl Donnelly, and I just had to walk on. You know, cold, man. The room was cold. It was a big sort of banquet room with, like, cabaret seating, and they were all in their suits. And, like, man, like, yeah, I was... But you a, must, have, you was... must have known what you were walking into, right? Yeah, of course. So that's the thing with corporates. You basically, you get paid... You double, double your pay. Oh, more than that. Like, you get paid... Corporate gigs, you get paid way more than you would for, like, a normal like, club or something like that. You so get much paid, more it's painful. almost danger money. Yeah. Because you no, know that it. you're going to be crying on the train home. Yeah. Some of them are some of them are right, and then you feel like you've won the lottery because you've got paid handsomely to do a nice gig. But now and again, you do one that just makes you question everything about your life choices. Yeah, but these people are fucking idiots, Carl. Yeah, but they're also it's not their fault either because they didn't. They're just having their lunch, man. They don't want a bloke standing up and just talking to <laughs> you them. Know what? You know what I mean, I take that back completely. They're just, they're just they're, they haven't they haven't agreed to the entertainment. They're just they trying to eat they're their not roast gone beef. To a comedy club. <laughs> they're literally out of. They think they're just at an awards thing for their company where they probably yeah might win an award and they're going to get a slap up meal. And suddenly I walk on and start fucking talking about what, I don't know whatever I can't remember. No, what I, I get it. I felt, but I feel I felt as bad for them as I think. Yeah, you know, some of them felt for me during my set, which was tepid to say the least. So you're you're a boxing fan, Carl? Yes. You you know your you know your your way around. Uh, I don't know what, what I'm talking about. I don't know what, what uh, you you know a boxing. Bit. You know, yeah. Boxing. I sort of I go through phases when I'm very invested in it, and I'm watching those matches. I'm I'm following the news. I'm I'm a bit out of the loop at the minute, but that's more. Are fatherhood. You, are but you, I am. I I'm well aware of what's you know my, what's happening on my, Saturday, and I know you know. A bit about the boxers. My my, my question is: is you, as, as a Spurs fan, are you proud of the fact that there's going to be another world title fight at White Hart Lane? Yeah, it's quality. I mean, it's, it is that thing of like I know some you know fans when there was all talk about NFL and all that get a bit sniffy about it, but I think it's a, you know we should take it as a compliment that the elite top like, sporting events in the world want to come and use our ground. Like I can't, I can't, I understand that 
some people it, it, you could it's, it's equate it sometimes to like you know it's very it's, it, the corporatization of modern sports and all that but I, I'm end of this quality having a fucking heavyweight championship fight on yeah. the ground it's, I, mean, I think it's quality yeah well as Eddie Hearn said in the interview he, he was sort of saying like, the, the eyes of the world are going to be on N17 which you know if, if you think 10 years back um, when we used to go to the old wire lane and you'd look, you'd walk around, and you'd think, like it was a, it was an area of high poverty. Like the, the eyes of the world would never be on Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, and, no. Sorry, not Tottenham Hotspur, but but the area of Tottenham at all. The fact that we are in this situation, based on what Daniel Levy has done, and you know, the, the, there are arguments of whether or not this is going to help us as a football club. Maybe it won't, but fundamentally, the area of Tottenham is going to have the eyes of the world, and you're talking about hundreds of millions, if not. No, hundred millions would do. Uh, hundred millions of eyes on on the um, on on the bout on 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 Saturday. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's and a... it is like I mean, I've got you know all my mates who support other teams. There's, I've not all of them have said how good the the stadium looks. Do you know what I mean? That's a, it's a nice thing when other fans like that new stadium you've got looks quality. Do you know what I mean? Well, Eddie Hearn said nice feeling, isn't it? They'd, they'd looked at the Emirates a couple of times and never done it, and then they've looked at Wild Lane once and gone. Yeah, they wanted to do Pulev and, nice. and AJ last year, right? So yeah, it'd be an interesting. Just just before we finish, what what do you make of the fight? Do you think AJ is going to do it, or do you think? I mean, he should. I think it, you know, it's it's a tough fight because you know, it, um, Uzik's amazing. He's a very 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 good boxer, but you know, it is there is a there is a size discrepancy. Do you know what I mean? It's one of them things where I think. If AJ is on form and boxes smartly, he should quite comfortably win it. I don't know if he'll knock him out or anything because I think Uzik's nails, isn't he? But like, and it's that there is it's that thing since um, Joshua lost to oh, bloody hell, and the Ruiz, yeah. Um, so there's always there is it, I think it's added an element of jeopardy to his fights that actually is really good because you know <laughs> he was he was yeah, he was always like quite. I don't think he well, was... He, he came through uh, the Klitschko fight where he was checked and he got knocked yes. down and he, he d ended up destroying Klitschko. And most of his other fights, even in the run-up to that, he wasn't really tested. Yeah, he obliterated So I people. think I don't think... I think that, you know, we didn't really... It felt like he could just just dominate and maybe and maybe there'd be... no None of the fights might happen that we all wanted with Fury or whatever. So there was a fear for me that his career might end up being quite simple and sort of uh just you know he'd just come out of a very good looking record but would never have had um any fights that really defined him other than Klitschko yeah but then when he got done by Ruiz that just added this new dimension to it whereas I really because I don't, I don't like this modern sort of thing of actively trying to finish with zero losses as a as a, as a goal obviously yeah, no one wants to lose but it does mean that a lot of fight fighters naturally do slightly avoid yeah Fights, you Even know, Mayweather. Mayweather, Mayweather, Mayweather avoided Pacquiao well, at the peak of Pacquiao because that was a scary <laughs> fight. So, you know, even the best do that, and I'm, I think Mayweather is the best, probably may, maybe the best of all time on a technically. Hmm. So, like, if he's dodging people, like, I think I think there was a fear that AJ was, and even when he got Klitschko, Klitschko was obviously on a downhill downhill slope. So, I think just that that little bit of doubt that the Ruiz fight added means that it's exciting now watching like this fight i think if that hadn't have happened we'd be watching this fight on saturday thinking aj's just gonna muller him in it whereas now you're like but 
yeah it's always a but and that but i think is what i really like about fights i i so yeah yeah i agree with you completely but i, I don't think there's a but i think i think aj's in trouble i don't i don't yeah yeah i do i do i feel like um like Usyk's gonna he's so good he's so underrated and people are just dismissing him because he's a uh, cruiserweight champion yeah like, he's the best cruiserweight that there's ever been like only David Hay can challenge him, and David David Hay went up to heavyweight, won a world title, and and, and struggled after that. But yeah, but Hay was Hay's bigger than Usyk was, so uh, yeah, it's well, it was, smaller, bigger I, reach. I'll, so I, don't, yeah, I just I feel more muscular, like, but I don't know. I just I, I just feel like I feel like Usyk's gonna box his head off, and I feel like I'm just saying this right now, and I I, des- I fundamentally want. AJ to win because it's more interesting for the British public. We're gonna, if, if AJ beats Usyk, then he can then definitely fight based on what Eddie Hearn said, the winner of whatever 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 happens with Fury and, and Wilder. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we want to see. As you know, I'd rather see AJ fight one of them two than Usyk fight one of them. It, 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 yeah, of course. No one wants to see that. So I, I desperately want to see AJ win this fight, but I feel like I'm gonna watch Usyk stop. AJ. Really? I don't. I've, I think AJ is going to play it very safe. And not, it's not in a crit, I'm not criticizing that. I think he's actually going to play it smart. Just just stay behind his big old jab, mate, and actually box clever and just just win it. I just I think he's going to win a relatively comfortable points decision. Okay. All right. Well, this has been the Fighting Cop Podcast. Hope you enjoyed that sort of borderline Tottenham slash boxing chat. Uh, if you didn't, then... I don't know what to do. This is free. You don't have to listen to it. Um, and, then, and like we talked about football, just sit back and wait till the next episode. You might enjoy that one more. It might be more for you. Indeed. Um, we never do this, like Carl, that. because I always assume you're bigger than our podcast. But uh, if if someone wants to listen to you talk more that isn't about football and it might be about comedy or whatever you're doing, what how, how would they find you? Um, I do a podcast called TVI which uh is now we've just started doing a studio with the footage so now I'd, actually people can go and watch it on youtube if they're like getting their entertainment that. that way so it's TV. just to go on youtube and type tvi or for all my it's all on my social media as well but yeah if you want to download just the podcast just type the words tvi there'll be some people or... who listen to this podcast who may know one of um your you know you're talking to comedians but there's one comedian you had on your second episode i think on on youtube that people know from soccer am who might that be Oh, Lloyd Griffith. Lloyd, yeah, so the people listening to this will probably know who Lloyd Griffith is. Yeah, so Lloyd Lloyd, Lloyd was actually our first in-studio guest. So yeah, the, when the moment we moved into the studio and started filming it and putting it on YouTube, he came in. It and, was very fun. And he, he was uh, part of Soccer AM. He was a goalkeeper for a while. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's a great um, comedian as well. He's, very he's a funny guy and he's, yeah, he's, good. He's, he's good value as well. So like, we have a right laugh. It's like you can watch a full, almost an hour of us chatting on YouTube. Carl, when... Um... When are you going to ask me on for TVI? I know I'm not a comedian, but what is a comedian? It's all subjective. It's all nebulous. It's all subjective, actually. I'm trying to think if we've ever had a non-comedian. Oh, we had one. We had a. We had an ex. Um, he was one of the... What was it? He was like the most successful con man in British history or something. Okay. And he's now an advisor to like the bloody police on fraud. Was but he, he, um, he, he basically is an old... Um, he, was, he was actually, but it was more of an interesting one where we actually just got his tips on how to not get... Rookly fraud, like you know, scammed out of your money, and um, he's, I think he's the only non-comedy guest we've ever had. Okay. But we did it because he was mates with Julian, who 
that, that I do the podcast with. So, and, that's and, just a, and I'm so what I'm saying is, you I'm can come you. on because oh. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, I have you know. Well, I wanna, I I wanna, get, we get we got one each, one plus one. Well, I'm not. I'm not Bez. I'm not going to come on. I'm not going to come on merit. I'm gonna, you know. Well, you would be on You would be on merit. No, I wouldn't. All right. All right. I've had enough of this. Cole, thank you. Just mate. Cole, 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 Cole. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. 5X480. Dayton B100 V-Belt. One of the many parts Granger carries. It's also the item that helped Rob carry the day. The job was on hold, deadline fast approaching. But a quick search on Granger.com and Rob found his part. And with same day pickup at his local branch, he and his crew got the job done safely and on time. Get supplies and solutions for every industry with real time product availability. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. This summer, when you're on the go, stay connected to what matters most with access to over 3 million Cox Wi-Fi hotspots. Learn more at cox.com. Ask Ashley the Podcast is sponsored by Cox. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Does your insurance agent treat you like family? Insurance Corporation is programmed to build interpersonal relationships with members of family units. We communicate on a four-name basis with all customer numbers. Only a human who knows you can create a plan that's right for you. 
That's why for more than 80 years, Farm Bureau Financial Services has built relationships first and plans second. It's your future. Let's protect it. Talk to a Farm Bureau agent today or visit fbfs.com slash protect. Sports Social Podcast Network.